Hold on, stop. Welcome back to the shit show 2.0. Okay, boomer. Damn millennials. Wow. <laughs> Did not know that. Even flirters who were obviously mentally ill. Oh, this is going to go downhill real quick. What's going on and welcome to Take on the World podcast with your hosts, Lexi, Mike D, and everybody hates John, Johnny B. <laughs> you are a thunder stealer. <laughs> thunder stealer. I had to do it this week. That's cool. I had to do it this week. That's cool. It was good. So, what is going on? What is going on? I Lexi's eating pizza, and me pizza. and John have not eaten. I yeah. haven't eaten yet either. That's why I got pizza. <laughs> I'm not eating the pizza right now, though. I did take three bites. It was delicious. It's a very good pizza. I highly recommend it. Uh, probably from Aldi. We have two podcast therapy dogs. Yes, yes. Coco's lurking over there. And Ali. Of course, Ali. Hondro. There's the Coco. Anyway, so what, what happened all the way? What did you guys do this week? This week, uh, nothing. And nothing here, and? Well, I have done quite a few things this week. I started playing Magic the Gathering again, which is a card game. Mm-hmm. And right. I, yes. <laughs> I also am playing in um, a text-based RPG game called Masks. Nerd. It's very fun. You are essentially a teenage superhero. I I was a teenage superhero, (laughs) by the way. (laughs) And uh, you have a team, and you and your team have obviously different missions to do and everything like that. But since I came in in the middle of the game... um, Excuse me. Instead of, like, races and classes, they have playbooks. The playbook that I'm using is The Outsider, and essentially, like, think Starfire from Teen Titans is kind of what it's based off of, so I'm, like, an alien. I'm super awesome. I love it. It's so much fun, and uh, I'm already building some more characters to hopefully play in the near future. I also started playing Smite again. (laughs) It's just the week where I do all of the nerd things. (laughs) Um, Smite is a, a MOBA, which is a um, multiplayer online battle arena. Mm-hmm. Nerd. Nerd. <laughs> um, it's, that's essentially all I've been doing this week and work, but that's boring, so. Okay. So. What's our topic for today, Michael? Our topic for today is the second... Thank you. Oh, it's the nerd shame. <laughs> By the way, <coughs> this pomegranate hefeweizen tastes very good with the pizza. Thank you for Wouldn't rubbing know. that in. Wouldn't know. Wouldn't know. We weren't offered a hefe or a pizza. Well, you both already had beers when I got here, and you're both adults, so you are more than welcome you to go get yourself me, pizza. And she's like, go fuck yourself, and I got a slice for myself. Yeah. <laughs> And go fuck yourself twice. And I got a runner's hot dog in the microwave right now, which is mine. We'll go eat it. No, I was I was saying I... that is you. Oh, I don't though. Metaphorically. So oh. 
So today's topic <clears throat> is the second Pearl Harbor attack. Did either of you guys know there was a second attack on Pearl Harbor? No. Yes. I thought it was once and done. Why would they do it again? There's fucking... Well, we'll get... It worked the first time. We'll get to that, Mr. Jump Ahead. <clears throat> so, um... Uh, Sunday morning, 8 a.m., December 7th. A date which will live in infamy. No, hang on. Uh, Excuse me. <laughs> Let us uh, take a Pearl Harbor game with less planes and less ammunition. Uh, <laughs> since it went so well the first time. It did go so well the first time for the Japanese. No, it didn't. Really? Do you know yeah, anything you about Pearl Harbor, my dude? Pearl Harbor was an absolute disaster for America, and it's the reason that we entered the whoa, war. Whoa, whoa, Slow your roll, pizza roll. <laughs> pizza slice today, thank pizza you. slice. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? I no, I yeah, it got us into the war and it was terrible. There was a lot of loss of life, but in the end it was a Japanese disaster. When they did, like half of the fleet was out to sea, so really what they gained nothing. And then when they came back to like, yeah, we just fucked up. We fucked up big time. Well, they knew that they were waking the sleeping giant. Oh, Godzilla. Yeah. They knew that they were waking the dragon for those Game of Thrones. So, everybody knows December 7th, 1941. Uh, no matter where you are age-wise, everybody knows about the Pearl Harbor attack. Everybody's seen the movies. Uh, 353 Imperial Japanese fighters, level bombers, dive bombers, and torpedo bombers launched from six Japanese aircraft carriers and attacked the then neutral United States. Now, they weren't quite neutral because they were doing stuff to help Great Britain. Well, right. Neutral is in, like, we're not participating in the war, but uh, here you go, I guess. Well, yeah, they, they also had um, pilots in China, uh, the Flying Dragons, which is the uh, unit that Pappy Boynton from Black Sheep Squadron came from. Um, anyway, they attacked... Uh, the naval base of Pearl Harbor, Honolulu, Hawaii. Uh, the Japanese saw this as a measure to weaken the U.S. Pacific fleet because they figured it was uh, it was just a matter of time till they got into the war, and they thought if they could break the back of the Americans, uh, take away the morale, and but you're pre I'm sorry, you're prefacing this. This is. The first attack. This is the first. I'm going over the first okay, attack. Yeah, 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 that's right. So. I'm going to clear that up. Um, that's what I said. December 7th. Everybody everybody knows that date. Everybody knows it. So. Um, uh, blah, 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 blah. Messed me all up. Okay. You're going to do it. Break the back of the Americans. Yeah. So they, they wanted, they wanted to, to break America's morale. If, if you get attacked on American soil. Um, they felt that the American people would just give up. I guess they just don't know Americans at the time. So Pearl wasn't the only place hit. Over the next sev uh, seven hours, the Japanese coordinated attacks on the U.S.-held Philippines, Guam, Wake Island, and the then uh, British-held territories of Malaya, Singapore, and Hong Kong. Um, like I didn't know that they hit the Philippines, Guam, and Wake Island then. No, the no, same no. day. You don't ever hear that. You just hear Pearl Harbor because it, it was so successful in, in what they were attempting to do 
from from the onset of it. So the attack destroyed 188 U.S. aircraft. It killed 2,403 Americans and wounded uh, 1,178 more. Eight Navy battleships were damaged. Four were sunk. All were raised again, except with the exception of the USS Arizona, which still lays on the seafloor and went down. It's a permanent memorial there now. Um, and it's a memorial to not just the men who lost their life on the Arizona, but to all the ships that were attacked that day in Pearl Harbor. Dude, now, let me, hold on, let me kind of change the story here. It still has to do with this, but I never knew, now you knew about this, <coughs> if you, I, if you were a living member, I don't know if there's any more, of the USS Arizona. I think they just put the last one on. And you died, you have the option of being cremated, and then a diver, a Navy diver will take you Take, take you back into the ship and bury you into the ship. Yeah. Yes, <clears throat> that's fucking badass. Yes, it that's, is. That's fucking. And badass. I actually think the the last uh, surviving crew member from the ship was just buried there not too long ago. That's beautiful. Yeah, somewhere my mom has a picture of my grandfather. He was standing on top of the memorial. He was there. He was. I don't know what ship he was on or where. What the fuck? Where he was? And At remember, Pearl Harbor. Yeah. Like in it. In Pearl Harbor. Yeah. Cool. And I mean, not um, cool, but you know. I I, I do believe, you know, I'd have to, I remember my sister, like, he never talked about it, ever. And I would ask him, hey, what ship are you on? Oh, so many ships. I'm like, come on, Grandpa, can I work with that? What? Come on. You know, he says, Grandpa, come on. Come on, Grandpa. But, uh. Back in my day. Yeah. No, he was cool as shit. But, um, <clears throat> I guess she, she interviewed him for some kind of, like, uh, school project. So did I. And I did he that. said that yeah. he was. There, like, you just remember, it's like guys like in the fetal position crying as the Japanese are flying over and shooting and bombing. Yeah. And he was yelling at a guy like, "Get the fuck up, get on that gun, shoot!" And the guy wouldn't move. He's like crying for his mom, and he just went over to the gun and started pop, 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 just shooting it. Right. Shooting at Japanese. And then that was all I ever heard about that. He never talked about it ever. I mean, I think <clears throat> that is common. I think there's two sides where for instance I did that same project and I spoke to my great grandmother's boyfriend George I loved him he George was, Jackson George Jackson God rest his soul he was a beautiful person beautiful human nanny not a fan of my colored hair but she never says anything about it anymore because George told me it was great and that I should do whatever makes me happy and so I loved George he was he was an amazing person um, he fought at the Battle of the Bolt. Battle of the Bolt. Yep. And um, I feel like that's there are two different sides where I had heard George talk about this before, which is why I asked him if I could interview him. But then I feel like there's also people that are just like, I don't want to remember this time in my life. <clears throat> like, it was a very traumatic experience for yeah. everybody. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's a very normal response. I think that that's the one thing that I wish I would have done was, like, been able to interview my yeah. grandfather. Even though he didn't talk about it, I'm sure I probably could have, like, you know, just respectfully gotten his story out of it. Right. But like, just what happened with him. I know for, he was on some merchant marine ship as a Navy, he was in the Navy, but the merchant marines would recruit or take Navy sailors, gunners. Right, because they know how to be on a boat. Right, and well, they, their boats had guns on them. So they're taking all that shit from the States to, to Europe. Mm-hmm. On merchant when they were armed, so he was a gunner on like 
and that's why he probably said I was on many ships. I was on this ship. Um, I was on that. I, I even think I swear to Christ, I think he said he was on like one of them little PT boats, like taking guys like to shore. Yeah, like, like Marines to shore and like. Or, oh, the uh, uh, amphibious landers. I don't know how that works. Is it is that a Navy guy that drives that boat, or is that a? Oh yeah, another Marine. No, it's a Navy ship. So, so I don't know, whatever. I would I would love to know more like, about it. Yeah, oh, it's it's crazy. Of those eight battleships that were damaged, six of the ships were later returned to service. Uh, the Japanese took the base completely by surprise, and their losses were very light. The Japanese only lost 29 planes, five mini-subs, and 64 servicemen. Which, you know, that's a, that's a lopsided victory. Yeah. Well, they didn't nearly have half the numbers that we had. Like, how many, just, how many uh, aircraft carriers did... did the Japanese have versus us. Well, they launched from, uh, what, seven? <clears throat> Six Japanese aircraft carriers just for this attack. Yeah. So this, this act is the act that formally drew the United States into World War II, a declaration of war on December 8th, 1941. Um, the same day the British Empire declared war on Japan. Uh, on December 11th, Germany, Italy, and Japan declared war on the United States. Like, yeah, okay, you were, we were declared war on us, and we declared war on you too. Yeah. yeah, like, guys, come on. Like, we weren't even doing anything. You attacked us. <laughs> what but do you expect? This is all well known information, and, and it, while the details may be fuzzy for some people, like, I didn't know how many planes took off, I didn't know how, how many casualties the, the Japanese had, but, you know, everybody knows of. This story of the surprise attack, uh, it's been the story's been told so many times through uh, Hollywood movies and history classes. Is Pearl Harbor the one that they say that like the Japanese just like don't even like talk about it, like when they teach like in school? Well, there's a lot of stuff like that in, in Japanese schools and and which in, I understand. In Germany, it's, it's the, the German schools don't teach some stuff either. Well, I mean, like on one hand, like it makes sense, like. I don't know, like, we kind of were shitty, but at the same time, it's like, I don't know, like, we still learn about, like, the Civil War and all the kind of questionable things that happened in America. Well, it's culture. I get it. I get it. It's a different culture, but it's just, like, it's so crazy to me. Like, are there things that, like, we don't learn about in school? I'm sure there are. It's insane to me. You ever, you ever learn about the second attack on Pearl Harbor? No. Okay. So there are things. Uh, what many may not know is the Japanese took another run at Pearl Harbor in an effort to not only break the United States naval, the United States Navy's back, but defeat the spirit of the American people and Americans. So they figured if they hit them again in the same spot, They'll while they were rebuilding, they they that it would just demoralize completely. So the plan was called Operation K. Or Operation K-1 by the Japanese Naval High Command. Uh, the planning for it began shortly after December 7th attack on Pearl. The stated intent was reconnaissance of rebuilding effort and to disrupt the salvage and repair efforts uh, by hitting Pearl's 1010 dock. And they call it the 1010 dock uh, because it's 1,010 feet. 1010. Uh, Plans to bomb California and Texas were also discussed 
California. Um, Texas. Why Texas? Because you can get to it from the Gulf. California and Texas are also like two of the largest states in America. Well, you blew up a, a fucking cow farm. Where? Where? In Texas? <laughs> There's a lot of stuff in Texas. I was surprised to know that they had the fourth largest city in the United States. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. So, uh, they, they put those two attacks on hold on the back burner because they felt they needed to know where we were at in rebuilding the uh, Pacific Fleet in Pearl. Uh, they needed to know the extent of the damage and repairs to ships, docks, yards, airfields to determine the capability of the U.S. Pacific Fleet for planning Japanese naval strategy. Uh, the Japanese considered this a key to a victory in the Pacific. Um, this is kind of jumping ahead, but Operation K was the longest sorties ever planned without fire escorts. <clears throat> So this is this is where it kind of gets interesting for me. Uh, the plan called for the use of five Kawashini H eight H eight K flying boats, uh, known by the Allies as Emily. Um, they would fly to French frigate Shoals, refuel by submarine, and then take off for Oahu. Uh, the plan called for timing to coincide with the full moon. To help illuminate the targets on Pearl, uh, but it also depended on clear skies and calm weather. Um, if successful, they were going to plan additional raids to that area. Now, the Emily is basically a seaplane. Um, when we were in Saipan, did we mention we were in Saipan? I don't think so. Only like 37,000 times. Okay. When we were in Saipan, when when I was there uh, the second time... When he was there in Saipan that he was at... The second time. The second time. Uh, I went scuba diving, and I actually dove an Emily wreck really? right off of Saipan. Oh, yeah, that's right. You told me that. And the funny thing was, is uh, to get these flying boats to the French frigate shoals, they took a trip from... Uh, one of the Japanese islands to Saipan and then flew someplace else and then flew to the French frigate Shoals. Saipan, which he was in twice. And I was thinking, wouldn't it have been neat if one of these crashed there and that's the one I dove? Right. It, that's not what happened, but it would have been neat. It would have been cool. It would have been cool. What are you doing? Hmm? You're going to choose where you're going? You're just going to stand on the table? So the, ex- the execution of this plan went Far from planning, like like everything was off rail for both sides. Like, although the Americans weren't planning for the attack, uh, there were so many mistakes made that uh, it, it almost made it successful for the Japanese. And the Japanese, in turn, made so many mistakes that there's so many things happen that that caused it to not be as significant as it could have been. Um. Including, uh, like, the, the, did you know during the first that the first Pearl Harbor attacks that there they, there was uh, communication intercepts, and they knew it was coming, but the information wasn't passed down properly. Yes. So th- there was something called the uh, was it the wind codes? Do I have it in here? The wind talkers. 
No, no, it was wind codes because that, that's the first thing I thought was wind talkers. Uh, they were weather reports, and the Japanese would transmit weather reports to their fleet. And within these weather reports, they would embed codes. And uh, there were people who were listening to these and, and breaking these codes, and, and they, they figured out they were talking about the weather at Pearl on December 7th. Uh, in fact, Pearl Harbor, the the command there kind of knew that, you know, it was possible for the Japanese to do this as early as like 1932. They did drills where they would surprise attack or simulate an attack on, on the, uh, the base. So on, was it a uh, December? No, no, no. It was just 1932. They did uh training attacks simulating. 152 planes a half hour before dawn on a Sunday. So, like, kind of just the way it was. This training uh, caught the defenders by complete surprise. In 1938, uh, Admiral Ernst King led a carrier-borne uh, airstrike, an airstrike, airstrike, from uh, the USS Saratoga against Pearl Harbor. Again, it caught him completely by surprise, and it would have been a successful attack. Um, let's see. Now, this is just talking about the warnings that they had for the Pearl attack. Uh, as early as January 1941, for, for the first Pearl attack. So, in January of 1941, yes. they knew that there was going to be an attack, potentially. Yes. And they didn't really do anything. Well, the information wasn't disseminated properly. Well, right, but that's what, that's part of not doing anything. Well, yeah. Like, I, I don't disagree. Like, uh, it's, it's just like sucks. with the, the war on terror, when, when it first started, like, one agency was, like, they weren't allowed to transfer information to another agency. And there was stuff passed that was supposed to make that easier, but... Stuff still slips through the cracks. Um, on January 27th, 1941, uh, some Peruvian envoy to Tokyo told the secret secretary at the U.S. Embassy uh, that he had learned from intelligence sources that a war plan involving surprise attack on Pearl Harbor. This information was sent to the State Department and Naval Intelligence and Admiral Kimmel in Hawaii. So they disseminated that information, but like there was no information as to when it could be. So the Japanese were planning on attacking us for like ten years, for a full year. <laughs> what? If they were hearing things as early as nineteen forty one? No, but you said earlier it was like nine. They were what? They they knew that Pearl was susceptible susceptible to attack, so they they ran these drills. Um. It was in March 31st, 1941, a naval reporter predicted, the naval report predicted that if Japan made war on the U.S., gonna make love on you. Gonna make war all over your face. <laughs> Gross. They would strike Pearl Harbor without warning <laughs> at dawn with aircraft from a maximum of six carriers. So, And that's exactly what happened. Like, literally. That's what happened. Exactly. Uh, on December 10th, 1941, or August, August 10th, 1941, 
a British agent codenamed Tricycle. I want my secret spy like code to, to be Tricycle. John, what's yours? I like <laughs> to ride my trike. <clears throat> I like to ride my tricycle. Hmm? No. Whatever. What, what's, what's your secret spy name there, John? <laughs> Yeah, what's what's your secret spy name? Oh God, I don't know. Code name Bacon. <laughs> oh, you put me on the spot. I have a different. I don't know. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Ass prowler. <laughs> Code name Bigfoot's bitch. <laughs> Sasquatch. Uh, so codenamed Tricycle told the FBI that a plan, a planned attack on Pearl Harbor, Harbor would occur very soon. Harbor. Get down to the harbor. The harbor. Harbor. Uh, earlier that fall, <clears throat> Kilso Han? Kilsu? Uh, an agent for Sino-Korean People's League. Yeah, probably kill Sue. Told uh, CBS News that in the underground of Japan, Korea, he had positive proof the Japanese were going to attack Pearl Harbor before Christmas. Really quick, kill Sue Han's middle name was Kenneth. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. Kill Sue Kenneth Han was a Korean nationalist, intelligence operative, anti-Japanese aggregator, ag- agitator, agitator, ag- agitator. I'm like what? <laughs> Did he strike somebody? <laughs> uh, and both the source and translator of Kinoaki Matsuo's contested and controversial book, The Three Power Alliance and a United States-Japanese War. He was born May 31st, 1900. That's so interesting to me. He was 76 years old when he died. That's insane. I just think it's weird that he was... Like, anybody that was born in 1900, that's weird to me. Why? Because it's such an even number to be born. <clears throat> oh, just the year 1900. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Just the year 1900. Well, now I have to... He's going to be my topic for next week. I have to do some research on him. <laughs> on Kilsu Kenny Han. So, so this is the important part of all this. The morning of December 7th at 0700, uh, new radar equipment showed a large blip on the screen. When reported, it's a big old Japanese penis coming for you. <laughs> when it was reported, he was advised, advised that the the operator was advised that no one was available and they would call back. When he oh, got the call shit. back, oh, he's taking the crap. Hey, he's on the shitter. <laughs> and you know what? This fucking trip change is bullshit. We used to start at 7.30. I ain't answering the fucking phone. Fuck you. What? That's insane. So when he received his call back, Lieutenant Kermit Taylor. Tyler? What's his code name? The Frog? I don't know. El Granry. Oh, hey, guys. Uh, was quick to dismiss the large blip as a dozen of B-17 bombers arriving from San Francisco. But. Sorry. He was sorely wrong. Kermit Sorely. Sorely wrong. So back to Operation K. Uh, March 4th, 1942. Much like the first attack, the U.S. picked up chatter of the operation date. There was uh, codes being transmitted. They, they 
kind of had an idea that something was going to happen. Uh, again, an American radar station on Kauai later and later Oahu picked up and tracked two planes as they approached the main Hawaiian islands. Okay. Real quick. Doesn't Hawaii have a large Japanese population? No. That's Saipan. Ask me how I know. <laughs> Is it maybe because you've been there? John, you were to Saipan? Yeah. How about you? I think I was too. Oh, twice. <sighs> oh, my God. Um, John, you remember these, these consolidated PBY Catalinas? No, yeah. The flying boat? I flew one. Dude. Flight Easy 19. Flight 19. Yeah. Okay. Flight 19, bro. Duh. All right. They were, these two Catalinas were uh, sent out the fucking Catalina wine mixer. <gasps> you know what? My favorite tortilla chip is those cantina tortilla chips. Same thing. They're really, really thin and crispy. They're very good. Just They're tostitos. Japanese guy flying a tortilla ship <laughs> to the sponsored. air. <laughs> We're not getting paid for that. I That's why they lost the war. This motherfucker was flying. He's eating these cantina chips. He was like, like, oh, oh I thought you said cantina. <laughs> Those are American flying boats. Anyways. <laughs> we won the war. America. <laughs> So they were sent out to save the motherfucking day, yeah. Happy birthday, America, tomorrow. Suck it, England. This was a good topic for this week. Suck it, England. (laughs) (laughs) So to all of our British listeners... Suck it. (laughs) I'm I'm doing all sorts of things wrong today because I literally just heard you say... So, Chihuahua British listeners. <laughs> I did not say Chihuahua. That's you. He's a Chihuahua British listener because he's a Chihuahua Jack Russell. <gasps> well, so... <laughs> so... <laughs> so uh... Sorry. These, these flying boats are sent out to find the Japanese aircraft carriers because they assumed <clears throat> that if there were Japanese planes incoming, that they had to take off from aircraft carriers. No uh, way. What? Really? But they didn't. <laughs> but they didn't. <laughs> but wait. just fast forward to the end where there's like fireworks. <laughs> we blew them up. All the Japanese are dead. We bombed them. What? Listen, Suck it. I don't want to talk to you. some fireworks. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I literally just told you that I watched a new anime today. <laughs> and I love it. I don't want to destroy Japan. Okay, but... We're over this part of... This was a phase. It's over now. We're friends, John. We're friends. We're friends now. Oh, really? Yeah. You went to Saipan. That's not anywhere near Japan. You were in what airport? Sounds the same. We were in Korean airport. You were in a Japanese airport. We were in Korean airport. You were in a Japanese airport. Yeah, that that was... We were in a Korean one longer. Actually, I was in the, the uh, the Narita airport for 24 hours both ways. Yeah. So. When I went the first time. You're wrong, John. Did I tell you about the fishball soup that I had in Korea? Oh, no. it was good. Did I? You didn't try any. You did I? I smelled it. No, you didn't. I smelled it. You were burping it up all day. <laughs> <laughs> did I tell you guys that you were in Saipan? No. <laughs> we're just going to have to do an episode called We Were in Saipan. 
and memories. we'll just compile all the times that you guys have said, so well, we weren't so bad. And that'll be the episode. You should do that. That would be funny. <laughs> Anyways, the aircraft carriers. They, they, they were looking for the aircraft carriers. There they was none. There was, there was none, no. Uh, a thick layer, layer of Nimbus clouds. Jizz. Are they the stringy ones or the no. fluffy ones? Fluffy. There you go. Nimbus. They're whiskey. Whiskey. No. You're thinking of the word wispy? Yeah, wispy. And that's the other whiskey. one. Those are strat. Those are cumulo Cuminostrat. No. Something, isn't it? I don't know. You got a computer right there. Types. Of We're never gonna get through this episode. Clouds. You're using a lot of words. This I is gonna to have to be two episodes. Types of clouds charts. We're we're almost done. It's fine. We're on page two of eight. This is the longest one yet. That's because you guys just <clears throat> Nimbostratus. Uh, Stratovarius. Altostratus are the wispy clouds. Stratovarius. And Cirrus. Stratovarius are the kind that sound like uh, violence. Uh, and there's also stratocumulus. What about a thunderclap? Wow, this is insane. There are so many different types of clouds and so many things that go into it. Next so episode. Can we just say that there was a layer of clouds over Pearl that prevented the defenders... Thick clouds. Condensation. Three Cs. ...from spotting the Japanese uh, because they were flying at an altitude... Uh, 15,000 feet. Which is 4,600 meters. That wasn't on the paper. I just did the calculations. So, those were some of the uh, American issues. The Japanese issues uh, for Operation K, uh, they only had two of the five flying boats. that They were planning on five. They only had two of them. Um, Pilot Lieutenant, he he you do the Japanese Lieutenant name. Lieutenant Dan, lesson. which one? Uh, Hisao Hashizumi. Yeah, he smelled like cigarettes. Hashizumi. Uh, he was in command of the mission, and ensign Max Sosuki. Sho Shosuke Sasao. Yeah, he was flying the second plane. Uh, from mainland. Japan, they flew to Saipan in the Northern Marianas Islands. Mm -hmm. Do you know where we were there? Yes. Okay. Uh, Ow. Then they went to... What's that? This is not Japanese. I was actually looking it up because I'm not 100% sure. The Marshall Islands. No. Yes. In the Marshall Islands. What's that? Yes. In the Marshall Islands. No, you gotta read it. Uh... Wuchi! Wuchi? Wuchi Atoll in the Marshall Islands. Wo Woja. Woja Wachi. It's Marshallese. Okay. You should be able to speak it. Well, when they got to the Marshall Islands, they were loaded with 550 pounds of bombs. Uh, there they flew 1,900 miles to French frigate shoals to refuel from submarines. So, French uh, frigate shoals. There were, frigate. there were five submarines involved in this, this whole thing. Uh, the I-9 was assigned to take up station midway between Roger and the Shoals Roger, I'm not and sure. act as a radio beacon so that they could communicate to each other. They would communicate through the... 
And I-9 is also something that you fill out for your taxes. Uh, the I-19, I-15, and I-26, where we fuel the flying bolts at the shoal. Um, this. Delete. Uh, the I-23 was then on standby 10 miles south of Pearl Harbor, providing weather reports uh, and acting as air-sea rescue. Um, the I-23 was lost sometime after February 14th. Uh, and some backstory in the I-23. <clears throat> this U-boat, or not U-boat, the Japanese submarine uh, participated in raids on the west coast of California. As well. Uh, prior to this, is it this specific one? This this exact submarine, and okay. At the end of this, I, I put some other attacks on U.S. soil during World War II, and I think it talks about this uh, as part of that mission. Uh, sundown, first January, I twenty three <clears throat> attempted to conduct periscope reconnaissance off. Palomar Island, uh, but came under gunfire. Commander Shibata Shibata decided to withdraw the I-23 and make another try the next evening. On January 23rd, or January 3rd, I-23 arrived at the Hawaiian Islands two days later, departing for Kwajalein? Kwajalein. I'm not sure. I don't even know where that is. Kwajalein? Uh, Kwajalein? On February 24th, 1942, at 2330, uh, I-23 transmitted her last report from the Hawaiian Islands. So now they're in the Hawaiian Islands. They're sending weather reports back, <clears throat> and this sub just disappeared. So they're presuming that it, it got picked up and destroyed by American ships. So we're clear. This is still this departing for that Kwajalein or whatever it is? That's prior. That's still in the Marshall Islands. Kwajalein? Mm -hmm. Okay. So they probably went to rendezvous in Kwajalein and then headed to uh, Hawaiian waters. Yes, I think. So on the 24th, is they said sometime after the 14th, but when I, on another site that I was looking at, it, it gave the 24th as their last transmission. So presumably the 24th is the day it went missing. Okay. Uh, Japanese cryptanalysts had broken the U.S. Navy weather code because I guess they were sending codes mm -hmm. to the, the weather as well. Mm -hmm. um, so they were going by the code that they had before, but on March 1st, the code changed. And so they had no new information uh, about the weather in, in the area from that sub after the 24th because it disappeared and then the, the code changed. So by the time they got anybody else in the place, it'd be a brand new code they'd have to break the code again. Right, so they'd be adding how much time on. Right. But they still didn't know what had happened. They just thought this sub went dark. Right, like AWOL. Yeah. Uh, again, the American radio station on Kauai uh, picked up and tracked the two planes on their approach. This prompted Curtis P-40 Warhawk fighters to begin searching for the two contacts, and then the Catalinas went searching for the carriers. Yeah. I don't know about you. 
I am totally lost. Like, what the fuck is going on here? It's just because that there's a lot of there's a lot of pieces in play. Well, I get that. Because well, you gotta think there's a lot of pieces in play because they've already done this one other time. They have to do something a little bit different. They need you know all these things to fall into place where they're supposed to, and all of a sudden one of those pieces, the information that they were getting about the weather, is gone. You lost me. Sorry. Simple hey, mind, simple mind. <clears throat> these are the mistakes that happen. Yes. That cause this mission to to Fail. not be a success. Or it it, it was more it was, commonly known as a failure. Well, no, it wasn't a complete failure because it made the Americans think, "Hey, we we could be attacked." Well, right, but that's still a failure on their part because now we're like, "Ooh, we could be attacked again." Might have to do something <sighs> about that. Without the mission succeeding, there's more chance for it's, their enemies to prepare I'm, properly. I'm just so retarded. I think there, there's so many pieces to this. I can't. Oops. It's hard for me to like. There are a lot of pieces. I'm that kind of guy that's got to read a book like 20 times. You're just understand. not a military man. We understand. <clears throat> You're just. Should I tell you the story? Not a uh, attack. Why? Attack John. A tactical John. Attack John's. Not attack, but like a tack, like a tactical John. John's. John. John. Anyways. <laughs> that dog. He's just living his best life. That's what he wanted me to do, and I just wouldn't do it. He's still shaking. Mm -hmm. I love that little thing so much. Look how cute it is. Anyways, Michael. The Catalinas. Well, no, the same cloud cover that was uh, fucking up the American pilots, not so they couldn't find that the for the, the non-existent carriers or the two contacts had the Japanese pilots off course as well. Everybody's just like, "What are we doing?" So the oh, two stupid round that I can't find a fucking off course. The two Japanese planes got separated; they lost sight of each other, <clears throat> and they could only see small patches of the island through the cloud cover. Um, so, Hashizume. Hashizume. Zume. Zume? Maybe? Uh, he wasn't able to see Pearl Harbor. He dropped four of his bombs on the slopes of... Tantalus Peak. Tantalus Peak, between 2 and 2.15. They landed near a school, which was empty because it was Sunday. And it Good. was nighttime. Um, and that's about... Five to ten miles from Pearl. I'm guessing on that. I was just looking at a map. Sasao. Uh, Sasao, according to historians and officials, is assumed to have dropped his bombs in the ocean, either off. Wahani. Or near the sea approaching Pearl Harbor. Both Emily's left Pearl, flew to the Marshall Islands. Uh, Sasoy, Sasao, Sasao, Susi, Susia, uh, returned as planned to the Marshall Islands. <laughs> Watui. Uh, I think it's Waja, Wo, Woja, Wucha, Woja. Uh, Hasumi, uh, when he took off from the French shoals, <laughs> uh, his 
plane was damaged, so he didn't think he could get the necessary repairs at what you the Marshall Islands, <laughs> the atoll. The first atoll. So he flew to another atoll, which I can't pronounce. Also in the Marshall Islands. Also in the Marshall Islands. Uh, Jalui? Like, I'm thinking like Inuit. It has the U-I-T. So. Jalui? Him flying back to that other atoll. Back the to the new one. Their uh, home base. It made that the longest uh, bombing mission in history. To that point. Like, we got lost. Sorry, guys. So they went and they dropped their bombs. It hits oh. a hillside. Excuse me. Does a little damage to a school. And no Americans were hurt. No, no anything. No casualties. No casualties. Uh, the raid raised a few fears of possible Japanese invasion of Hawaii, but there were no American casualties. Japanese media repeated unsubstantiated radio broadcast from, from L.A. radio, of course, American... Uh, media got it wrong, uh, of considerable damage to Pearl with 30 sailors and civilians dead and 70 wounded. That's what they were reporting in the United States. Okay, but here's the thing. That I-23 went missing. So they could technically be considered casualties. Not American casualties. No. But in this recounting, it does not specify down here Yes. That they were saying... 30 sailors. 30 sailors and civilians dead and 70 wounded. No American casualties. Yeah, there is no American casualties. Well, that's what they were talking about. The U.S. Would, would not be broadcasting Japanese casualties on a failed raid. They'd be... They'd... Well, right, but at this point they say... They're thinking like, oh, it's not a failed raid. They got it wrong. Right, they, they said considerable damage to Pearl. Weird. They were reporting American losses, not mm. Japanese losses. Uh... The Army and the Navy both blamed each other for the explosions, uh, accusing each other of jettisoning munitions into Tantillus. Why would they do that, though? Who knows? Uh, another Japanese reconnaissance mission was scheduled for the 6th or the 7th of March, but it was canceled due to various reasons. Uh, delay of launching the the first raid, because when, when they went to take off, there was a delay because of weather. Right. One of uh, the planes is damaged. The, the damage to Hatsumi's plane. Hatsumi. Yeah, Hatsumi. Uh, and the exhaustion of the air crew uh, from such a long sortie. Right. They did carry one out on March 10th, but uh, Hatsumi was shot down and killed by a Brewster, uh, a Brewster F-2A Buffalo. I know that was like a weird... Oh, no, but, like, I feel like I know him now. Yeah. I've said his name a lot. <laughs> I feel like he's my friend now. <laughs> Another follow-up uh, raid was scheduled from May 30th to gain intel on U.S. aircraft carrier positions uh, prior to the Battle of Midway. In the meantime, American forces had become aware the French shoals, frigate shoals were a possible Japanese rendezvous point, and naval patrols were increased. So the plan was canceled. Uh, when Japanese subs found the area was mined and spotted two American warships there. Good. Good. Like, I don't know, bro. Go away. We got things to do. So, um, that's the second attack on Pearl Harbor. 
This other stuff I have here were all other attacks that were perpetrated on American soil during the Second World War. And there, there was like five main ones. What about those balloons they sent over here? That's one of them. Uh, that's where we go, right? This one. The fire balloons. So, what do you know about that one? Balloons came over here, wasn't very successful, blew up. Okay. They used the, uh, the fuck's that, uh... So nothing. <clears throat> now, what the hell is that, uh, the, the northwesterly winds? They sent them up there, because they knew they would eventually come over. Yes. Three-day three day journey. That's a long so, time. The Japanese fire balloons, starting in 1944, the Japanese military constructed and launched over 9,000 high-altitude balloons loaded with 50 pounds of anti-personnel and incendiary explosives. They were launched from 5,000 miles away in the Japanese home islands. Wow. Uh, they were specially designed hydrogen balloons to go to an altitude of 30,000 feet, ride the jet stream across the Pacific, and into the United States mainland. That's so weird. The, the bombs were triggered to drop after a three-day journey was complete. So it didn't matter where they were. No, they didn't care where they they just they just wanted to scare the American public. Right. Uh by saying, Oh, we attacked you on your, your soil. Right. Um and, and they were hoping it would be over a city or a wooded area that would catch fire. Three hundred and fifty of those balloons actually made it across the Pacific. Wow. Michigan and Iowa. Yeah. Several were intercepted and shot down by the US military. 1944-1945, balloons were spotted in 15 states as far east as Michigan and Iowa. That's that's insane, considering where they came from. Yeah. And the only fatality was a pregnant woman and five children who were killed in an explosion when they came across one of the downed balloons. Oh. Yeah. Their deaths are considered the only combat casualties to occur on American soil during World War II. Hmm. That's, uh, like, I don't know. That's just like, I don't like that. that <laughs> it's just not very nice. This one I had heard of before. This uh, Operation Pastorius. 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 What does that word mean? Pastorius? Yes. Sorry, I just had to wake up my computer. I know I've heard the word before. Wake up, computer, wake up. What? I don't know. Shepard. It's a surname. Constellation. It might be. Um, It's a common occupational name for a shepherd. The surname Pastorius is derived from the Italian word pastor, which literally means shepherd. Hmm. It originally comes from the Latin word pastorius or pastorino, which means pastor. So, eight Nazi saboteurs were dropped in two four-man crews on the coast of New York and uh, Florida by U-boats in 1942. Each team carried $84,000 and enough explosives to wage a long campaign of sabotage. 
they were tasked with sabotaging the war effort and demoralizing the civilian population through acts of, of terrorism. Uh, their orders were to attack uh, transport hubs, electro hydroelectric plants, and industrial facilities. Before a single act of sabotage could take place, the mission was compromised by uh, when George John Dausch, uh, one of the saboteurs of the New York group, turned himself into the FBI. Uh, he was heavily interrogated, but after two weeks, the FBI... Uh, Rounded. Yeah, it sounded. Sounded. They sounded up the remaining. <laughs> rounded up the remaining saboteurs. Uh, six of the men were executed as spies, while Douche and an accomplice were jailed for six years and then deported by Harry S. Truman. But I had heard that uh, that one before. I wonder why they named it that. I don't know. Why do they name any operation what they name it? Sometimes you can kind of tell by like what the plan was, like what they were going to do, or like what they were trying to do. I don't really feel like you can with this one. Mm. Yeah. So it seems like most of like the attacks were supposed to be like bombing attacks, where like they were not actually. No, they weren't large scale operations. Right. They were very small scale guerrilla type things. This one was um, 1942, uh, a float plane. Now, a float plane is a plane that. Floats? Nope, it does not. It might have floaties on the bottom, but what they do is they put them in subs. They put them in the nose of subs, and then there's a, a cargo bay that opens up, and they put this plane together that could take off from the sub. That's pretty cool. Uh, so these float planes were dropping incendiary bombs in Oregon State Forest near Brookings, Oregon. Uh, the first and only air attacks on U.S. mainland. Uh, the attacks were launched from sub I-25, used light aircraft, blah, blah, blah. Thanks to light winds and quick response by fire patrols, the bombing failed to have its desired effect as did the second bombing uh, later that month. The president immediately called for a news blackout of the incident for sakes of sake of public morale. So, like, as in, like, they didn't talk about it. See, I heard about this one, too. too. The float plane pilot, Nobuo Fujita, Fujita, would later make several goodwill visits to Brookings, Brookings in the 60s, and was even proclaimed an honorary citizen uh, after he died in 1997. I actually heard about this. I was watching a program and saw this, where every year on the anniversary of his bombings, he would come and visit the town because he felt bad about what they were doing. Right, and I think that's important to remember, too, with stuff like this, is that, like, yeah, it was horrible and awful and nobody should have taken part in it, but it's like, yeah, you're kind of guilty by, like, you know, not stopping it or not doing anything. But, like, some of these people are genuinely, like, regretful. We're generally, like, regretful. And the, the town actually uh, welcomed them with open arms. You know, when he came and, and they, they knew who he was, like, they were very welcoming to him. And, and yeah. so it was pretty cool. Uh, the Duquesne uh, spy ring, this was, uh, it started in the late 30s. So before we were even in the war. Yeah. Uh, 30 men 
three women stole uh, military secrets regarding the bomb sites used in American air by used in American aircraft and gained oh the the sighting mechanism. There was some new sighting mechanism in the, the bombers, and they stole plans for that uh, and gained significant intelligence on American shipping patterns, which they later used to uh, the freight that they were sending over to uh, Europe. They were able to disrupt some of the uh, supplies, the right. supply routes. Uh, the ring was started and busted before the U.S. entered the war. Uh, the ring was busted in 1941 with the help of double agent William Siebold. All members were convicted and sentenced to a total of 300 years in jail. Just days after the bombing of Pearl Harbor. That's awesome that they like actually were able to like stop them before we even entered the war. There's a there's a movie that references this, and I think um, who's the guy from Ghostbusters? Which one? The heavy set guy. Was a heavy set guy. Maybe I'm not thinking of Ghostbusters. Do you mean uh, the Michelin Marshmallow Man? No. <laughs> I can't think of the actor's name. And anyway, he was in a movie where they they talked about the Battle of Los Angeles. But uh, February twenty third, nineteen thirty two, a Japanese. Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd. He's all in the aliens. He's shit. fucking crazy, dude. We should do an episode on him. He's insane. <laughs> we should get his vodka. No, his vodka sucks. Well, yeah, I know, but we just need it for the show. It's expensive and it I sucks. I know. No, they filter it with dye. Yeah, it, it sounded like it, it felt like it was filtered through someone's ass in New Jersey. Yeah, probably was. <laughs> Uh, the Japanese sub I-17 slipped into a channel near Elwood Oil Field outside Santa Barbara. Uh, from the gun deck, they lobbed 16 shells at Elwood Beach before submerging and fleeing into the ocean, causing only minor damage to the oil field. Pump house and a single oil derrick was destroyed. It did spark panic. Days later, reports of, reports of enemy aircraft led to the so-called Battle of Los Angeles in which American artillery was discharged over Los Angeles for several hours due to people thinking uh, the Japanese were invading. That's got to be fucking scary. This one's actually pretty funny. Uh, uh, June 12, 1942, uh, is the only attack on American military site during World War II. Japanese saw I-25 followed a American fishing vessel into port so it could bypass the minefield because they knew where they were. Mm-hmm. Uh, made its way up the Columbia River, surfaced near Fort Stevens. It was an antiquated army base that dated back to the Civil War. Or the Civil War. Uh, just before midnight, it fired 17 shells from its uh, deck gun. Uh, the Fort Stevens commander ordered the men not to return fire because they were off target. And they thought if they returned fire, they'd know exactly where to fire. So they just let them shoot. Uh, I mean, if they're not hitting anything. Well, the only thing that was damaged was a baseball field nearby the the base. As if that's difficult to repair. It's dirt and sand. This is the same sub that was uh, responsible for the uh, Oregon firebomb. That's pretty funny. Those were the only attacks on U.S. soil that I found. 
the, the main, five main ones. There might have been more, but uh, those five were it. Yeah. So, second attack on Pearl Harbor. Well, that's a lot of information that I did not know. At all. Yes. Ouch. I especially like the one where they were like, I don't know, just let them shoot the baseball field, I guess. <laughs> just, just, just go ahead and buy the baseball yeah, field. Funny. Yeah, whatever. You guys, go ahead, have fun. Get your anger out. Like, did they just leave after that? They just like... They submerged and left. All right, we're done, bye. Well, they don't know what they hit because there, there were lights on shore, but and they were shooting towards the lights. Were they just the field lights? I don't know. So yeah, um, they, didn't, they didn't have a lot of money. Like towards the end, they have um, their rifles. Their rifles didn't even have sights on them. They were cranking them out so so fast. fast. Like there was, because um, I used to have an Arasaka. It was their bolt action rifle, and. Oh, just the millwork on them was, they were all chewed up because they didn't have time to finish them up. No sights. The wood was crappy. They're, they left a bunch of their original shit out. Like, there was a dust cover that was gone. <clears throat> it was just, they didn't have money. They were just poorly made. They wanted them Very fast and made. cheap. Yeah. And they, you know, they they cut off a lot of funding to, I guess, the, back in the day, what, the... Um, there was a lot of trade between Japan and like, you know, the islands and everything. And there was, oh, there was some like big problem between bananas that they cut off. Bananas? So I guess in World War Two, during World War Two, like bananas weren't existent in the States. Like you couldn't get bananas. Well, because they all come, came from somebody else. Well, right. But they controlled the shipping lanes. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, cut that off. and That sucks. I don't know if I could live in a world without a banana. I could. I like bananas. I don't like banana flavored things. But I like bananas. There are. Bananas are pretty good. <clears throat> I do like banana desserts. Bananas Foster? Delicious. Banana cream pie? Oh god. I'd rather have a milkshake with butterfingers crushed up in it. Mmm. Mmm. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm gonna go get a milkshake. <laughs> I just saw that when I was getting gas at Sheets, they had yeah. the sign there, and it was a Butterfinger milkshake. I was like, oh. I like the Snickers milkshakes. Mm. Reese's Pieces, I'll take them. Yeah, I like Reese's mm. milkshakes, too. Peanut butter milkshakes are always good. I went good. to uh, Rita's, and I got I got their Blendini, or whatever it was. No, they called it a concrete. This is a milkshake. Yeah. They're custard, and I had them put Reese's peanut butter cups in it, Snickers, and um, Nilla wafers. Mm. Oh, that's fucking good. Hell yeah, brother. That sounds good. We need milkshakes now. I'm not eating that stuff. Okay. By we, I mean me and Ali. So. Oh. I <laughs> thought you were going to buy me a milkshake. My bad. <laughs> no. a big bowl of scalloped potatoes right now. <sighs> I love scalloped potatoes. Oh my gosh. I'm going to get potatoes and milkshakes. You guys have fun. Not having any fun. <laughs> I've lost 15 pounds since the beginning of the year. <clears throat> so you, you have to make it up? or <laughs> I just don't eat a lot. I don't eat as much as I used to, but I still have things that I want. 
Is he sleeping? Uh, his eyes are closed, yes. <laughs> Podcast therapy dog. More like self-therapy dog. He therapied himself to sleep. Maybe it's maybe it's a dog therapy John. It's the rocking motion. We do that to him all the time. <clears throat> He's used to it. So anyway, <laughs> without further ado, that is the second attack on Pearl Harbor and some other attacks on the United States mm-hmm. from World War II. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Today, we took on the second attack on Pearl Harbor. Now you, go take on the world. Stealing my thunder. <laughs> Hold on, to that. Welcome back to the shit show 2.0. Okay, boomer. Damn millennials. Wow. <laughs> Did not know that. Even flirters who who are obviously mentally ill. Oh, this is gonna go downhill real quick.